in the reading this morning, what one part of it, I'm going to look at Psalms 46, which for those of you who don't know me, um, I just met a couple of people who don't. Uh, my name is Rebecca, and I'm part of this church, and I love being part of this church. Amen. Amen. Well, the Lord was talking to me about awareness this morning, and that was after reading in Psalms 46, part of our reading, Bible reading. Verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, Though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride. And at, you know, after that section it says Selah, which you know is that, that pause and think about you know, what was, the Lord was just saying. And you know, so this psalm is uh, a psalm of the sons of Korah. And I love in the very first ver- verse where it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. So even then, you know, he's communicating. He's like, not only is God, you know, he's a present help, but he's a very, trying to explain how present God is. And sometimes we have to remember and have that awareness ourselves, right? Amen. Very present help in trouble. It's so good with God's word of, you know, for me reading it and being like, okay, Lord, this, this is what you're wanting to communicate. And then my next thing is like, Lord, how do you want me to live this out, right? What does this look like today and tomorrow and the next day? And so just think about that, about, Lord, how is it that you are so present? What does that look like, Lord? You are a very present help in trouble. So, you know what, church, let's, let's stand together. We're going to worship our Lord, who is so worthy, who is so worthy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that we would have that awareness of how present God is in our lives, not just today at church, but tomorrow as well. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Let's pray together. And when we pray together, right, we're praying together. I'm not just praying up here. We're lifting up the name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you that we get to gather together. We get to lift up your name. And that matters, Father. Jesus, thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for the awareness that you bring us of your presence, Holy Spirit what you want to do with that. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Father, I thank you that your word is true, and it says that where two or more are gathered, there you are in the midst. And Father, we're so glad that you've came to be with us today, and we're so glad that we've come to be with you. Father, we love you so much, and we thank you that in you is fullness of joy, that we have joy unspeakable, full of glory today. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn with me to John chapter 10. Turn with me to John chapter 10. It's the verse I've been starting with with each one of these uh, 
parts of the series that we've been doing for a while. I was telling my uh, mother-in-law this morning that this was supposed to be one sermon. Turns out now it's been four and probably going to be or five or six. You know, it's one of those things. Kind of taking a life of its own. But John chapter 10, been talking about my sheep hear, or my sheep hear my voice. Jesus was saying that. Verse, or John, uh, John chapter 10, beginning with verse 24, says, So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If, if, remember, if was the same thing that Satan said to him. If you're the Son of God. If, if, same thing, same thing Satan says to you. If, if you're really hearing the voice of God, if that's really God, how do you know? If, if is a, is a uh, strong word. They said, if you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Verse 25, Jesus answered them, I told you, and you, not, and you do not believe. Jesus did tell them. Jesus did speak. Jesus did uh, talk to them. He talked to them not only in words, but in deeds. Everything that He did. I mean, they, they were there. They saw it. He didn't do it in private. You know, it's interesting. Even His brothers accused Him of that. Well, you're, you're doing these things in private. No, He didn't. I mean, when he, when he raised Lazarus from the dead, it was right there in front of everybody. When he, when he preached, I mean, there were thousands of people there. We know because he fed them. But maybe even tens of thousands. He didn't do it. Anything. He, he, he gave the, the, uh, the secrets of the kingdom privately because he wasn't just going to throw pearls before swines. He, he was telling them plainly, and they weren't listening then. Why would he tell them the secrets? But he said, I have been telling you. You're just not listening. That's the problem with the world today. God is speaking all the time. God is talking all the time. God is, the wisdom of God is speaking all the time. And the world goes, la, 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 la. Well, I don't like the way that sounds. I don't care. What do you mean I'm supposed to have only one wife of the same sex? Ooh. You're such a narrow-minded, you know, blah, blah. Yeah, okay. Narrow-minded. Call me. I don't, I've had somebody one time who said, you're really narrow-minded because I told them there's only one way to heaven. And they said to me, well, you're really narrow-minded. And I said, well, that's, cause that's the way it is. Narrow is the way. Yeah, exactly. There's many ways to go to hell. You know, go right ahead. I hate to see it, but, you know, it's your choice. There's only one way to go to eternity with God. That's Jesus Christ. And I'm not ashamed of that. You know, I don't care if people call me narrow-minded. I don't care if people think I'm, you know, whatever. I don't care if you think I, you know, well, you don't love people because you don't let them do whatever they want. I, gracious, good night. Did anybody not raise children or what? You don't, because you love your children, you don't let them do whatever they want. And you tell them when they're wrong. Where is she? (laughs) So glad you're here today, Tally. There's two people that agree with me. They're so glad you're here. I'll tell you when you're wrong. You know, I'll tell my friend. Here's the deal if I don't care about you and I see you doing something wrong, 
I'm not going to say anything. If I don't care about you, but if I, if I care about you, I'll tell you something. The same thing with God. He cares about us, so He's always telling us the truth whether we like it or not. It's not my sermon, but it's good. So we've been talking about how God speaks. We talked about how God speaks through the Bible. That is the foundation. You cannot have any other foundation than the Word of God. The Bible is the truth. It doesn't change. It doesn't change. It doesn't change. You know, it's not a living document. Hello. It's a living document, you know, but it's not, you know, it's the God kind of life. It's true. It was glory to God. Kathy, I haven't seen you in over a year. It is so good to see you, Kathy. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So good to see you. Glad you're here, Kathy. Hallelujah. Wow. Okay, it just hit me. came out of me, sir. There's some other people I haven't seen in a while. Hey, welcome back, guys. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome for the first time. Okay, I've got everybody covered now, but I haven't seen Kathy in over a year. Oh, my goodness. All right. Where was I? God speaks through the Bible. That's the number one re- That's the number one way it doesn't change. It says the same thing to you as it says to me. It's the same standard. It's the same, it's the same truth. It doesn't change. You, you know, people say, well, you can interpret it any way you want. Yes, you can interpret it any way you want, but you know, you, if you're wrong, you're wrong. The Bible is true. The Bible, the way it's written, is true. And if you let the Holy Spirit lead you, He will lead you into all truth. And it, it isn't contradictory. It's complementary. Yeah, I can't get into that. There's a lot there. But the Word of God, that's the first and foremost way that He speaks, and every other time He speaks, it'll line up with the Word. That's how you know it's Him, if it's lining up with the Word. The second way is what we've been kind of stuck on here for three weeks, the still small voice. Because that is kind of the next primary way that God speaks to us. Uh, You don't want to live your life having to hear the voice of God from somebody else. You know, I'm not going to get to that today, but, but uh, when, when, you, when God does speak through somebody else, and God has spoke to me many times through somebody else, but it's always a confirmation of what He's already been speaking to me. Or if somebody says something to me that's from the outside and I needed to hear it because I needed to know, yes, I'm, I'm, this, is, this is God, then, then it will always, if it doesn't line up at this moment, then I put it on a shelf and I just wait. I don't go by, you know, if you walk up to me, I actually had a guy one time, I went, I was speaking in a different church, and I had preached the sermon, and he came up to me, and he started, he goes, I got a word from the Lord for you. I was like, all right, sounds good. And he says, he goes, the Lord just told me that you grew up in a horrible childhood, and that you were, you were abused as a child, and, you, and I'm going, who in the world do you think you are? He had, no, I mean, it's like, man, he couldn't have missed any more. And then he says, and because of that, God says this this is your path for your life. And I was just like, hey, thanks a lot, buddy. But no. Why? Because it had nothing to do, nothing lined up with what God is already speaking to me. It's going to line up. If not, you put it on the shelf. I mean, I've heard something. I had somebody say something one time that was actually true, but in the context... Oh, gosh, see, I don't want to get too general because you'll you'll start to lose me. Okay, we we went on a mission trip. Very first time I was ever in Europe. We were uh, were getting ready to go. I think we had 15, 20 people. I can't remember. It was 1999. We were going to Belarus. 
And we were getting ready to go, and uh, the, the prayer team, the prayer team at church was praying for our trip and praying for us. And one day the lady walks into the office. She goes, Pastor John, i got to talk to you. I said, what's that? She goes, you got to cancel the trip. I was like, why is that? And she said, because God spoke to us while we were praying and saying somebody's going to get hurt on the trip and you need to cancel the trip. You can't go. And I was like, well, God hasn't told me not to go. So I'll tell you what, I'm just going to pray about it, and if it, if it bears witness with me, if, if, it bear, if the Holy Spirit says the same thing to me, then, then, we won't, you know, then I'll make a decision based on that. But she's like, no, no, I'm telling you, you've got to cancel this trip. I said, I'm telling you, we're not canceling the trip. We're going. So we go on the trip. We go on the, the trip. We fly overseas. We get to Warsaw. We spend the first night in Warsaw. The next morning, we get on a plane. We go to Belarus. That day we get to the hotel, we get everything set up, we go to the the concert uh, hall where we were doing our first night of meetings, and we were setting up, and I reached over and I grabbed a microphone. I grabbed a microphone in this hand, and then I reached over and I grabbed another microphone in the other hand, and they weren't grounded. 220 volts went through my body from one hand to the other. I still have the burn marks on my hands. All I heard was everything went white and I can't let go of the microphones. I'm standing there, oh my, and I'm thinking, oh, and I went, Jesus! And I fell backwards and as I fell backwards, my hands hit the, the floor and the microphone popped out of my hands. And I'm thinking, Wow! I'm laying there and I'm trying to gather. <laughs> Sorry, just all of a sudden a thought, a memory. Just I'm laying there and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I just got electrocuted. Oh my goodness, that's crazy. And I don't know, you guys don't know him, but Tommy O'Dell. Tommy, if you know who Tommy O'Dell is, Tommy O'Dell is, is uh, 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 T.L. Osborne's grandson. He was there ministering, a powerful worldwide ministry. He was there with us ministering, and I'm laying on the ground, and all of a sudden I see Tommy's head come over my head, and he looks at him and he goes, you're going to laugh about this someday. <laughs> I was like, maybe, you know, but not right now. It's not funny right now, okay? Long story, a lot of stuff happened. But that person was interested. That person had heard from God. They'd heard somebody's going to get hurt. Well, that person was me. (laughs) Now, do you think, well, should I have listened to her? No. Why? Because God didn't tell me that. Another interesting sidelight of that is another person in that prayer meeting, another woman of God, another person that I highly respect, called me up a couple days before the trip. She goes, hey, Pastor John, how you doing? I said, I'm doing great. She goes, how are you feeling? I said, feeling really good. Why? Oh, just praying for your trip, praying for you. So you're doing all right. You're feeling okay. I said, yeah. And she goes, great, wonderful. I'm just letting you know I'm going to be praying for you. I love you. Have a great trip. And we left. I came back, told the story to the church, what had happened. And as I was walking out that day, she, that lady, walked up to me, looks me right in the eye, and then winks. And then walk by. She had heard the same thing. 
There's something that was going to happen to me, my health, my something. And what did she do? Not, she didn't try to tell me what to do. She just prayed. You know that God, every time that God tells you to pray for somebody or tells you something, you're not necessarily supposed to tell somebody else? That's not part of the sermon, but it is kind of because people don't need to hear you leading them. They need to hear God leading them. And God was leading me to go. I mean, you know, hey, when, when Paul was on his missionary journey, a guy, very you know, respected prophet came up to him, Agabus. Agabus comes up and he, says, he takes, takes Paul's belt off, wraps it around Paul's arms, and he says, the man whose belt this is this will be led away by the Jews. And from that moment on, everybody tried to talk him out of going to Jerusalem. Don't go. Don't go to Jerusalem. Please don't go because you're going to be led away. And Paul said, what did Paul do? He went to Jerusalem. Why? Because God, that's what God told him to do. Just because you know, just you know, you're going into a situation, and somebody might be praying for you, and they might be picking up. Hey, you need to pray protection. I've heard it many times. I've heard, I've had people call me up and say, "Hey, so and so is going on this mission trip, and I've been praying for them for the safety for their life. Should I call them and tell them not to go?" And I say, "No, not unless you are convinced you're supposed to. But you're supposed to pray for their safety. Why? Because they need to hear from God. Now, when Paul went to Jerusalem, he did." get arrested. He did get tied up. He did get led away. But while he was in prison, he wrote Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Romans. You know, he wrote Hebrew. I mean, he wrote two-thirds of the Bible. He had time. <laughs> Praise God he did. Because we now know. We, we, we've got the Word of God. So, we need to, that still small voice, that's what we need to primarily follow. And if somebody else says something... I could, t- I could tell you all kinds of, of stories over the last 20, 30 years where, where I've been praying and, and somebody will say something to me and it either fits or it doesn't. Another time, uh, you know, God has spoke to me. He had spoke to me back when I was a youth pastor at a church and, and I was praying and then the Holy Spirit said, you're going to be the administrator of the church. We didn't have an administrator of the church. There was no administrator of the church. I was upset. I didn't want to be demoted to the administrator of the church. I wanted to work with youth. I love youth. I don't know why I love youth, but I love youth. I still go to youth camp. I enjoy going to youth. I like hanging out with youth. I like because they listen to me. (laughs) Better than most of you. But I didn't want to not be the youth pastor. But the whole, I heard, I mean, I was clear. And it was not an audible voice. It was just in an in, intern. I was praying and I heard, you're going to be the administrator of the church. And I was like, oh, man. So, you know, what do you do when God says something like that? You don't go to the boss and say, just want to let you know, God told me that I'm going to be the administrator of your church. I only told one person. I told my wife. And I said, I don't know what this means, but this is what I just heard. And, when, you know, it, and then we began to pray about it. God, what is your will? You lead us, you guide us. Your will be done. And I kept being the youth pastor. I kept being focused on that. Lord, I want to do what you want me to do right here, right now, in this moment, not what's happening in one week, two weeks, 15 weeks, 30 years. I don't know what's happening. You know, I'm doing today. Well, two years go by. Two full years. And I'm watching stuff. I'm watching stuff in the church going, oh, 
that's falling through the crack and that's falling through and these things aren't getting done and that was, and then that didn't get done the way it should and I'm, it's just bothering me and one day I was golfing with the senior pastor and we're talking about the church we're talking about things going on and he, he's right in the middle of a putt I still remember on the middle of the putt and he looks up and he goes man he says we need an administrator for the church Would you ever be interested in being the administrator of the church? And I was like, <laughs> you know, I've been praying about this for two years. Had only said it to one person. Talk about hearing the voice of God. And I said, actually, I, I would actually very much like to be the administrator of the church. I've been kind of praying about this for a while. And he goes, really? Well, if I make this putt, you're going to be the administrator of the church. <laughs> He missed the putt. I still became the administrator of the church. I didn't, you know, just, that's where you, you hear the, the, the still small voice, but you don't just act upon it. You, you pray it out. You wait. So then, then I no more than started being the administrator of the church. One day I was, I was in my office. I was working on some stuff, but I'm praying. I'm just praying and seeking God, listening for His voice. I'm praying about it. And all of a sudden I hear very clearly there's going to be someone who leaves their position and you're going to take over their position and it's going to be a promotion. And I was like, what? I just got into this job. I don't want to live my life always looking for the next thing. I, I want to do what I'm doing right now. And I want to do it well. I want to focus on that. I don't want to climb the, the, the church corporate ladder. I, I just want to do what, what God wanted me to. And so for the next two, it went another two years passed by. And I actually was at the end of that, about, I was about a year, I was actually, it was exactly a year and six months into it, and I am so frustrated because I know I'm supposed to do something else, but I don't want to, to, to covet somebody else's job. I mean, I, all kinds of thoughts were going through my head. I thought I was going to be the senior pastor of a certain church. I thought he was going to leave and I was going to be the senior. I mean, I'm just thinking, and I'm thinking, I don't want that. So I was actually, I was going to quit. I was going to quit my job and I was going to move as far away as possible. We were going to move to Idaho. I know, Idaho. We were gonna just get out of town. We were gonna. I just. I'm not. I'm not hurting anybody. I'm not splitting. Anybody. I'm out of here. And I ended up going to a meeting. A, a meeting of pastors. There was probably 30, 40 pastors there. And I was in that meeting. And the whole time I'm in the meeting, I'm thinking, I'm getting out of here. I, I got to get out of here. I need to quit. I need to get out of this town. I need to get away from here. I need to go. But I remember what the Lord said. He said, "Somebody's going to leave their position. You're going to take their position, and it'll be a promotion." And I'm like, I'm out of here. I got to quit. And all of a sudden, there was a guy spoke that night. I had never heard, never heard of him before, never seen him before. He became a very good friend of mine. He got up and spree. He goes, you know, I was going to preach on such and such a topic, but he says, Lord told me to, do, to, to preach on something else. He says, here's the deal. He says, God told me how to, you know, told me to preach on how He led me through ministry from one job to the next, and next job to the next, and next job to the next. And he says, most of the time it made no sense at all that I would do this or I would do that. I'd go here, I'd go there. And he says, I had no plan on doing any of the things that God led me to do. I, he says, there was even times I took steps backwards because God told me to do it. And he went through this hour-long teaching on, on how God led him. About halfway through, I'm sitting back in that, right about in that area back there, and I, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says to me, He says, the man's gonna have an altar call, and when he has an altar call, I want you to go forward. I mean, I heard the voice of God, I knew what it was, I said, okay, I'll, 
he's going to have an altar call and I'll go forward. And I knew what I was thinking. I'm out of here. I'm quitting. I'm done. I'm going to go to Idaho. Disappear. Won't be a problem to anybody. Well, I mean, I'll take my wife. <laughs> but I'm out of here. He gets done with his sermon. He's standing up front. He goes, you know, he says, the Lord just told me to have an altar call. I was like, okay, here we go. He goes, yeah, I'm going to have an altar call for anyone who feels like they want to leave the ministry. (laughs) There's like 30 or 40 pastors out there whom I all know. And they all know my senior pastor. I'm going, ay, ay, ay. I wasn't going to quit the ministry. I was going to quit that ministry. I was going to go out there and still, you know, preach the gospel, do whatever. I was like, ah, I don't want to go up there. I don't want to stand up in front of everybody and say, I'm going to quit the ministry. I was like, oh, man, I don't want to do that. I'm saying, I'm just. And he's going, okay, you know, whoever you know, feels led to come up, and all of a sudden one guy comes up, and then another guy and a couple, the husband and wife team, blah, blah, blah. There's a bu- Pretty soon, there's, and I was like, oh, man, the Holy Ghost is going, I told you to go up there. I was like, oh, I don't want to go up there. And I was like, fine. So I put my stuff down, and I came up, and I stood right about there. And there were six, six people in front of me in this line, and then there were people past me. And the man, man of God walks over to the first person and he says, he goes, uh, he says, so what do you do? And the guy says, well, I'm, I'm the senior pastor of such and such a church. And he goes, oh, that's good. He walks over to the next person. So what do you do? The guy says, well, I'm a senior pastor of such and such a town, this kind of church. Well, oh, that's nice. Wonderful. Moves to the third person. What do you do? I'm the senior pastor. Oh, wonderful. Fourth person. Fifth person. Just keeps walking right by everybody. He comes to me. He goes, what do you do? I'm the sixth person, person, sixth person in line. What do you do? I saw I'm the assistant pastor. I'm the administrator at such and such a church. He goes, ah, oh, let me tell you a story. <laughs> he goes, you know, life and ministry is kind of like a football game. He says, you're standing on the sidelines and you're saying, coach, put me in. Put, coach, coach, put me in. Put me in, coach. Please, I can play, coach. I'm ready to play, coach. Put me in. And he says, you can get frustrated standing on the sideline waiting to get put in. And you can get so frustrated with the process that you leave. Do you know what I'm saying? That's what he said to me. He goes, do you know what I'm saying? I said, "Mm, yeah, I understand what you're saying. He goes, the problem with leaving is the moment you leave, all of a sudden the coach wants to put you in and you're not there and you're not suited up and you're not ready to go. He says, do you understand what I'm saying to you? I didn't know this guy. Never met him before in my life. He had never met me. He didn't know anything about me. He goes, if you leave, you aren't going to get put in the game. Do you know what I'm saying to you? I said, yes, I understand. And he goes, do you understand what I'm saying? I said, yes. (laughs) Yeah, I understand what you're saying. And then he goes, do you understand what I'm saying? And I said, yes, sir, I understand exactly what you're saying. Good. And he went, and he went back and ministered to everybody else. And went, I got in my truck or in my car that day and was driving back to the hotel. It was late at night. And the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, he says, thank you for not leaving. Thank you for changing your heart. And this is going to take 
Six months more. And then there will be a change. Six months more. I wrote the day down. Six months to the day I was the first time I ever stood right there and preached a sermon because the youth pastor left and I came over here and I helped bring, you know, work with the youth group and brought in some other leaders and I did, I was, became the assistant pastor of this church. Praise God for somebody who spoke into my life, but it was already a confirmation. I knew I wasn't supposed to go anywhere. I knew I wasn't supposed to leave. I knew I wasn't supposed to run away. I knew I was supposed to do what he told me to do. But I needed that confirmation from somebody very clearly. And praise God for that. But you don't go looking for that. Because there's a lot of those other guys. I, I put them over here because that's where I that's where the other guy you know preached, or he wasn't in this church, but in that part of the building. That's where he came up and says, Oh yeah, I see that you had a terrible childhood. No, I actually had a great childhood. My parents were all anyway, perfect. Not like me, but I mean it was, you know. This is going to turn into six sermons, isn't it? <laughs> Hearing that still small voice, God spoke to my heart. I listened to it. I started acting. How, how do you act upon it? You pray about it. You don't even act upon it immediately. You pray about it. You listen. And he'll, he'll, it doesn't like that he has to give you 15 uh, uh, confirmations. That he, didn't have to give, he doesn't have to give you one. If he said it, he meant it. But you still pray it out. And you, we're going to get to today talking about how to know when it's the voice of God. The next one, third one, is through other people. That was an example of other people, how they can help out. But it's always going to be God's going to speak to you first. And then the fourth way that God speaks, and there's many ways, but I'm just going to put it into four categories. The fourth category is here's all the other ways that he speaks. Dreams, uh, visions, uh, newspaper articles, uh, you know, magazines, I don't know. I mean, there's billboards. God speaks all kinds of ways. But you got to know the Word of God, whether or know that billboard. There's a lot of billboards that don't, you know, are not speaking the Word of truth. Amen? All right. We talked about Elijah. We talked about him running away from God, or running away from Jezebel, hearing the voice of God, not in the thunder, not in the lightning, not in the, the torrent, not in the earthquake, but in the still small voice. A quiet voice, a whisper. And that whisper, that's how he speaks to those. And how do we know that? How does he speak? We talked last week about in John 14, Jesus says, I'm going to send a comforter. I'm going to send one, someone who is going to help you. I'm going to send someone who is the Holy Spirit is God. And he's not going to be by you. He's not going to be around you. He's not going to be near you. He's going to be in you. When we are born again, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, when we repent of our sin, when we say, God, I can't do this anymore, I'm in. I want to follow you. The Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you. And then you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. And as you, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, all kinds of power comes to really live this life. But it's still the Holy Spirit in you who is one-third or one part of the Trinity. Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. They're all God. How does it work? I don't know. I can tell you in, ge in generalities how, the, Holy, how the, the Trinity works, but I can't tell you exactly. I'm so excited to one day find out, to see Him go, oh, now I get it. No, I don't get it. <laughs> it's going to take millions of years into this eternity to go, oh, ah, now I get No, He's deeper than that. He's bigger than that. 
but it's the Holy Spirit in you. And when He is in you, then He speaks to you. And that's, that, 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 that voice is not from external, but it's from internal. It's in you. Then, turn with me. Finally, we're going to move to Acts chapter 15. How do we know? Now, let's go back one. I'm sorry. I'm going to go back and do kind of where we finished off last week and then go into this week. John chapter 14. John chapter 14, begin with verse 26. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. I'm going to read it. I'm not going to say a lot about it, but that'll help you remember how we got here. John chapter 14, begin with verse 26. says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. You know, you're going through your life and all of a sudden you remember one of the promises of God. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. I remembered it. Well, did you just remember it? Well, maybe. Or you can believe it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. You know, I, I was doing something this last week and the Holy Spirit brought to remembrance a verse. I was dealing with something. I was, I was had a, you know, a, a, a conundrum of a problem I was dealing with and I was praying about it and the Holy Spirit brought to remembrance. And the, the verse that he brought to remembrance is not one that I sit and meditate on or I've not, you know, purposefully uh, memorized it was when Jesus is talking about, you know, are, are the, are the, are the, uh, the, the people, the zealots that, that Herod killed and mixed their blood with a sacrifice, are they worse than everybody else? Or are the people, the people who died in the, the Tower of Siloam, when that fell, are they worse? Are they worse sinners than everybody else because they died horribly? He, you know, Jesus was talking about this. Well, how many of you know that this morning or yesterday was the, the, in our daily reading, those were the exact verses that we're reading this week. I was just, and I saw so the Lord had brought that to remembrance, and then all of a sudden I was reading that, and I was like, whoa, there they are again. I was like, that's the Holy Ghost reminding me, because I was dealing, because I can't tell you the whole situation, but it was like, you know, hey, just the outward appearance of things is not always the truth. Just because it looks like this is happening does not mean it's happening. We have to know what's really happening. How do we know what's really happening? Listen to the Holy Spirit, because He knows what's really happening. So he'll bring to remembrance all that I've said to you. Verse 27, peace, everybody say peace. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. How do you know when it's the Holy Spirit speaking? There's peace. There's peace. Even in the midst, even in the midst of crisis, even in the midst of trouble, pain, you know, when I was laying on that floor in Belarus, I'm telling you, my body is still dealing with the effects of 220 volts going across my chest. I'm laying there and I'm not feeling good physically, but there's something that was so amazing that was happening. I'll never forget it. I'm laying there and I'm going, man, if I died right now, I'd just step right over. There was, I wasn't afraid. There was zero fear. Zero. I'm just laying there going. Now, later on in the week, when I was still having you know, some symptoms of things that go on, when, and Satan's going, well, now you're going to die a horrible death. And it's going to be so painful, and your family will never see you again. And I started to fear and got let, you know, lost that peace. But in that moment, when I'm laying on the ground, I'm going, huh, 
I'm not afraid. I'm, I'm not afraid to die. That's a great feeling to not be afraid, to not being afraid to die. I'll be honest with you. I've, I've been in the room with people who were afraid to die. And they were dying. It's not good. It's not fun. It's not, not a... But it's, there's peace. When God's involved with it, when it's God, there's peace. Even in the midst of the turmoil. So, we need to look for the peace. Acts chapter 15, now we're going there. Acts chapter 15, beginning with verse 24 says this. This is Paul, or this is the disciples. This is the disciples. It's not Paul. I don't think it might be, but yep. Nope, it's not. All right. Sorry. Internal discussion. Acts chapter 15, beginning with verse 24, says, Since we have heard that some persons have gone out from us and troubled you with words, unsettling your minds, although we gave them no instructions, it has seemed good to us having come to one accord to choose men and send them to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have, verse 27, we have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will tell you the same things by word of mouth. Verse 28, this is what I want to talk about. For it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements. Isn't that an interesting statement? It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these, than these requirements. You know, there are times when you have to make a decision. And how do you make that decision? You know, you drive around all day waiting for a billboard to say, go therefore and buy that car. No, because there's a lot of billboards that say buy this car. Do you, do you wait for somebody to call you up? Hey, I was praying this morning, and as I was praying, I heard your voice, and I heard the, in this, you're not supposed to do X, Y, Z. Is that how you get, you know, is that how you know? Or do you turn to the newspaper and you point at it, you know, and do whatever it said? No. How do you make a decision? Well, sometimes when you're praying and you're in the Word, you're seeking God, you know you're in the Spirit, you're, you're listening to Him, your heart is for Him, you're, you're, you're listening, you're waiting. Sometimes... It just seems good to do a certain thing. It just seems good. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to not, do, to not put any more requirements on you than the ones we just talked about. It seemed good to us. Paul, Paul dealt with the same thing when he was being led from one town. It seemed right. It said the Holy Spirit led him. How did he know? It just seemed right to go this way. And we go back to that peace that's in us or not in us, as the case may be. The Holy Spirit says, go to this place, go, go to this thing. So you start moving in this direction and you're, you're just listening. You're not, you know, that's the thing. If God says, uh, go to college, okay, go to college, go to, go, to, go to a great, great college, UW Stout. Go to Stout. You don't just go, okay, I'm going to Stout. You don't know. You, what you do is you go, okay, I think I heard from God to go to Stout. Is that what I'm supposed to do? And you pray about it. And you give it some time. And then you wait and you, you pray about it a little bit more. Now, how long do you wait? You know, don't wait 10 years. Some people never make a decision because they're waiting. 
Sometimes you just have to start moving in a direction. You know, I believe that some people here have, have heard from the Holy Spirit to go to Karis. How long is it going to take you to go to Karis? Well, I'm not going to Karis until everything works perfect. Or, or how long before you marry that woman? Not until God speaks to me with six audible voices, two thunderclaps, some lightning. No! It seems right. Is there anything anti-biblical about going to Karis or going getting married to that woman or whatever? If it's not, well, then what do you do? You start heading towards it. And you listen. Because the Holy Spirit can stop you. Trust me, He can stop you. He has no problem going, eh. Yeah, I like what Audrey Mack says. Sometimes it's like a buzzer. If you're not listening, it's like, eh. I, don't, I can't remember having a, eh. But I've certainly had a, don't do that. And that's one of the things. I, my heart, my desire is to be very gently moved by God. If He just whispers, I just move. Why? Because I don't want to be stubborn. If you're hearing, eh, all the time, you're stubborn. Knock it off. You're just fooling yourself. God's up there going, oh, here we go again. Hey. There you go. Hey. Here, you push the button for a while. Hey, I'm getting tired of this. Hey. You're going, you know, no. Just start heading in a direction. If, if there's peace, you keep going in that direction. But if there's no peace, you stop. Go, okay, whoa, what did I just do? Where do I go now? What, what do I mean by peace? You know, sometimes, sometimes, only sometimes, I can't, it's never, there's not a, there's not a checklist. There's not, what do you call them, a flow chart. There's not a flow chart. It's for you engineers out there, I'm speaking your language now. There's flow charts. You know, uh, you're walking forward and you're feeling peace. Uh, choices, stop or go forward, okay? Well, it, that may, it may be logical sometimes, you're going into a situation and, and you're nervous. You know, you can, have, you can be nervous and still have peace. Many times. Getting on that airplane that day. That's what I talked about last week. I was nervous. My, my butterflies in my stomach. But I had peace in my spirit. Just because there's anxiety doesn't mean that God's saying don't go. Because there's that, you know, this life is full of anxiety, but there's a peace that passes understanding. That's the part. Jesus says, it's not the peace that the world gives. It's his peace. And how do you know his peace? By being in him and being in him and being in him and spending time with him. And you'll start to recognize when it's him. You'll know when it's him and when it's not him. And the more you do it, you'll start to recognize. He'll be able to speak clearer and clearer to you because you recognize him. He'll be able to tell you very fine details. Does to, does to me all the time. Very fine details. Do this. Have talk to this person today. Don't talk to that. Don't deal with that situation. Deal with this situation. Okay. Then you do it and you go, wow, that turned out pretty good. It's amazing. But it's that peace. Being led by peace. But it seemed right. There are times when you do something because it seems right. And so then you start moving towards it, and then it's like, nope, not right. And then you stop, and you, it's okay to stop and back up. It's okay to say, nope, 
I, I was preaching one time. I was preaching a sermon over in, in River Falls, Wisconsin, and I started to preach. And I had written a really, really good sermon. I was ready. It was all, it was fleshed out. I was, I loved that sermon. I wanted to preach. And so I start preaching the sermon. I get about five to ten minutes into it, and all of a sudden I don't have peace. I'm like, oh, that doesn't. So then I thought, okay, well, I'm already into it. I'll change it next week. I'll preach what, you know, and then I just kept pushing through. The further I kept pushing through, I started hearing a little bit more, you know. It wasn't a full out, but it was, you know, it was, you know, I didn't, it didn't, I was like, no peace, no peace. And I was like, oh no, it's going to look dumb. If I don't, if I, if I don't stop, or if I stop, they're going to think, you are such a weirdo. Well, the sooner you just decide people think you're weird anyway, just go with it, you know, just accept it. But I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't, and I'm, I'm going through it now. I can't even concentrate. Can't even think. And so I finally just said, closed it up, closed the notes up. I said, hey, guys, I need to repent. I'm so sorry. You know, it's good to say, you know what? I made a mistake. It's okay because we make mistakes. We're human beings. And it wasn't because I made a mistake and God, God made a mistake. No, he was telling me from the beginning, don't do that. Go this way instead. So I was like, here's what I'm going to do. I, st- I wrote this sermon. Maybe I'll preach it someday. I never did. Maybe I'll, I'll get back to this. But here's what the Holy Spirit really wants to say to you this morning. And I, I stopped, I backed up, and I went in a different direction. And people were blessed. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? So sometimes you do get into a situation. You start, you know, I, I filled out, I think, what, four or five college applications. You know, I, I, when I felt like God was telling me to go back to school, I, I filled out the Rhema because every good Christian goes to Rhema. And so I, I filled out the Rhema. I was about three quarters of the way through the Rhema application, and the whole, I was just like, mm, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't fill it out. Stop filling it out. I was like, oh, crumpled it up, threw it in the garbage. Well, second best is CFNI, okay? You know, Christ for the Nations. I'm totally I'm joking. You know where the best school Bible you know you know where the best school to go to is? The one God yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. For those of you who are listening by on TV, everybody a few people yell Karis. No. 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 It's not the best. The best one is the one God tells you to go to. The one he leads you to go to. So I start filling out the CF&I one, the Holy Spirit, eh, don't do that one. Oh. Well, where am I supposed to go? Oh, wait, there's a real, I heard about this school down in Florida, and uh, you know, who doesn't want to be in Florida? And I was like, let's go to Florida. So I started to fill that one out. And, no, threw it in the garbage. Okay, the last one I knew about, there was, this, there was a missionary school in Canada where they, they, they teach you the Word of God, but they also teach you how to survive. And one of, their, one of their last final tests was you actually had to go out into the wilderness all by yourself with nothing for three days. And they, they make you eat a bug. You have to prove you ate a bug. And, all. and I was like, that is so awesome. Debbie will love that. You know, this will be wonderful. So I was like, okay, this is it. This has got to be the one. And I started filling out. I was like, no, don't do that. I was like, what? Okay. Finally, I just stopped. I said, I, I'm, not, I'm not doing this anymore. Okay, God, which, which Bible school do you want me to go to, Lord? So I was talking to Deb about it. She goes, why don't you go back to Stout? I was like, wait a second. 
Bible school, you know, you know. I mean, anybody here? How many of you went to Stout? How many of you? You know, ooh, wow. Yeah, you went to Stout. Cool. I didn't know that. See, you learn something new every day. Stout, Stout, the easy way out. Yeah, it was a. <laughs> when in doubt, go to Camp Stout. Yes, exactly. I was like, no, that can't be God. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll prove it to you it's not God. And so I started filling out the form, and every, the longer I fil- filled out the form, the more peace started to fill me. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Stout? What good thing comes out of stout? <laughs> so I'm filling out the form, and there's just peace, and there's peace. And, you know, the thing is, you don't know the backstory. The backstory is that six years before this, they had kicked me out of stout. <laughs> Because, you know, it wasn't because I was dumb, because I'm not dumb, but it was because I didn't try. You know, they didn't tell me you had to go to class. Nobody said that. Nobody said you had to go to class. So we were having way too much fun to go to class. And so my last semester of of school at Stout was a 0.0 grade point average. I got a 0.0 grade point average. I paid $4,000 for a 0.0 grade point average. So I, they, I actually got a letter at, at uh, Christmas time that says, we, we, we encourage you to reconsider your educational goals. <laughs> sure, so I quit, you know. I'll, I'll, re, I'll, I'll reconsider, I'll quit. So, so I'm like, I'm filling this out and going, okay, the thing is, I got kicked out of Stout. They're not going to let me back in. You know, if, I wouldn't let me back in. I didn't even try the first time around. And so... I'm filling it out. Well, now I've got to now I got to find out are they going to let me back in, you know? So I call up Stout. And I call the registrar's office, and I you know this is before online stuff. You actually had to call and talk to people. So I call them up, and the first thing is I know that you you have to you have to apply a year in advance to get into most schools. Well, I'm this is two months before, two months before, and and so, so we were the school started at the end of August. This was in July, June, end of June, July. And I'm like, there's no way. It's got to be a year ahead of time, okay? So I call her up and I said, hey, my, my name is John. I'm just wondering, I'd like to apply for Stout. And she goes, oh, what, what uh, year would you like to apply for? And I said, you know, this one. She goes, oh, you, you know, you can't do that. And I was like, I know. I said, the last time I was here, I had to apply a year. And she goes, oh, you were here before? Oh, if you've been accepted once, you're automatically accepted. You could start in two weeks if you wanted to. I was like, Huh. So not every time that you're doing the will of God does things work for you, because sometimes that can lead you down the wrong path. But if you have peace and it's working out, you know, and I said, okay, well, here's the deal. She goes, oh, yeah, you can sign up right away. But I said, here's the deal. I said, uh, when I was here before, I was kicked out. And, and they kicked out, I mean, and I didn't have a very good grade point. She goes, well, let me look up your transcripts. This was before they had computers. They had to actually go into a file, dig through, find the file, probably a microfiche. I don't know. It was six years before. And I, I, so the, you hear her put the phone down, okay? Didn't even put me on hold. I hear the phone get click, click, you know, on the, on the desk. And I hear her going, I can hear gr- doors opening. I can hear her going through papers. And all of a sudden, I hear her walking back, and she's laughing. <laughs> and she's like, she gets back on the phone and she goes, wow, you weren't kidding. <laughs> I was like, no, no, I wasn't quitting. I said, so yeah, that pretty much just kind of solves it, right? I'm not, I'm not going to get in. She goes, 
Oh, no, we'll let you back in. Uh, on probation? You'll be on probation. But of course, we'll let you come in. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing over six years, you've learned some things, right? And I said, yes, I have. Started taking steps. Kept making those steps. Then it was finances. How are we going to pay for this? How are we going to do this? You know, I had you know, long story. I, you know, oh, gosh, I don't want to tell you these parts of the story. I had defaulted on my student loans. I had quit paying them. I was, you know, this was back when I was in the world, and I wasn't... I wasn't thinking. I mean, I, would, I was spending money on stuff you should never spend money on. I was being an idiot. I defaulted on my student loans. I thought there's no way they're going to give me any more money to go to school. Well, praying about it, and the Holy Spirit says, call this office. I don't want to call that office. Call this office. I call the office. Oh, of course we'll give you more money. I was like, what? <laughs> and we'll put your payments, you know, what you've de- because you've defaulted, we'll put that on hold. You don't have to... You don't have to pay that back right away, but we'll just, you know, add it on to the end. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Step after step after in peace every step of the way. Well, we start, we, we go to the, we'll go to college. My wife ends up going to River Falls and we're, we start going. Now we're looking for a church. And we had all kinds of people say, hey, you should come to our church. You should come to our church. And, and I just, every time we'd go to, you know, visit somebody's church, I was like, no, this isn't the one. This isn't the one. And then we, we, I, I, there was one in the paper that every time I'd look at the paper, I guess back when you'd actually see churches in the paper and you'd ask how you'd decide, you know, and looking at the, and every time I would look, there was a communion of saints. We like, it was coming right off the, t- the page at me. And I was like, I think we should go check that church out. Well, somebody else say, hey, why don't you come and visit our church? Okay, so we go, no, that's not it. <laughs> communion of saints. So we go there the very first Sunday, and the very first Sunday, I walk in the door, and they, the person at the door sees my wife and gives her a big hug. You know, just, whoa, hi. You know. And she was Presbyterian. Okay, so you don't hug. You know, that's, you know hugging's not as part of the deal here. And so we get there, and the, the service is three hours long. Three stinking hours long. And I'm sitting there going, my gosh, you've got to be flipping kidding me. The whole time. And the whole time I sit in there, the Holy Spirit's saying, this is the place. This is the place. This is it. We get out of there. We start walking out of the car. My wife goes, well, that ain't the place. We're out of here. And I said, I said, why? And she goes, they hugged me. You know. I said, no, I think this is the place. You've got to be kidding me. And for the next four years, every week, three-hour service, Every Sunday. Do you notice we don't have three-hour services? There's a reason for that. Peace, peace, peace. Met Pastor Dan. Started working with the youth group. Started hanging out. Became the youth pastor. Became the assistant. You know, blah, 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 blah. Today. How do you follow? How do you know, listen for his voice? And that voice many times sounds like peace. And sometimes you just go, okay, well, that seems like the way to go. I'm going to go. And if you don't have peace, you quit. You back up and go a different way. Or you keep following the peace and go, nope, that's it. That's it. Peace. Follow the peace. We're going to stop there. There's going to be at least one more, if not three more. So. <laughs>